Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder. Uh, Taryn is not with us this week, but we're calling out, calling to the bullpen, my buddy Jason Tabris. Uh, I'm sure you've seen his work floating around, whether it be uh, via entertainment, uh, music, baseball. Uh, Jason, it, it's a thrill to have you to the show. I mean, the, 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 the I guess the the content that you put out is so versatile. It's so interesting, um, and really, whatever you put your hand in is really just. Uh, it's always a, it's a joy to uh, to consume. Uh, welcome to the show, and uh, how's it going, man? That's the best intro I have ever had. Uh, I'm gonna just like make you my hype man now. Just like have you introduce me anywhere I go. I think that that works. Um, we can do that. You left out the abundance of pastrami sandwich content that I've created over the years. That's okay. That's that's you're you're new to the job of hype man. We'll get you trained up and ready to roll. Oh, so that was the spicy brown nickname. Okay, I understand that. <laughs> spicy brown. No, I've uh, yeah, I, you know, I uh, got my start writing about uh, politics and then had my soul sucked out of my body by doing that for a while. So have pivoted more towards uh, entertainment. I do a lot of TV stuff. Uh, a lot of uh, interviews and uh, and uh, the occasional review and uh, essay and stuff. Not as much on baseball and food uh, and travel and music as I'd like, but you know when when the opportunity presents itself, I have a really good opportunity to uh, be able to uh, jump in with that. Uh, but yeah, I man, that's great. To, great to be here. I, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of the show. I listened to the last episode. I just want to say, like after the last game. Uh, just to quote Adam Scott, are, are we having fun yet? <laughs> we are. I, my goodness. Uh, the Mets needed that. I think the fan base needed that. Um, and you know, to take one from the Yankees is always nice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it would have been nice to get two. It felt like it was going to be two for a split second, but I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I feel like we're all looking for, we're all looking for signs in the clouds that, that uh, things are going to get better. And this is the one, and this is the one to build on, but I don't know. That one felt kind of special to me. Oh man. If, if this was, you know, if, if a spark was going to come from anywhere, this, you know, that the, the walk off the Nimmo, the celebration, you know, anytime you dump in a water bottle, a water jug, it's a, it's a good night. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's big. What Verlander turned in was great. We'll talk about him in a second. And, and you know, it's the vibe, you know, I, we've talked about it here. I think the whole fan base is talking about where's the energy. You finally saw it. And it, it was, um, really, really refreshing to see. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the energy and the fun comes from, you know, first and foremost from from winning. Uh, I think, you know, if, if they can keep that going, everybody's going to have, uh, you know, Joker smiles tattooed to their faces. Uh, <laughs> if they can keep on winning, everybody's going to be hunky-dory singing a song. When things start, you know, I, honestly, I'm kind of impressed that we didn't hear a lot of like, 
sniping about like you know people like blaming other people throwing people under the bus like it seems like the unit has like stayed pretty close knit throughout a pretty like like traumatized you know like not only traumatized but through a, per- a pretty uh like you know tough period where there's been a lot of speculation about buck about epler about guys you know dfa vogelbeck dfa this guy dfa everybody uh you know and they stay together i don't know that that would have happened in the past yeah. in and of itself is is sort of uh it gives me confidence that this team has what it takes to be able to get over the hump here oh absolutely and you can look i mean you can look at the back of their baseball cards and and know you know this is not what you know this is this is really this is probably not real right now this is you know not sustainable the uh mediocrity but um you know what you saw and we'll we'll talk about verlander i mean and it starts at you know it starts at the at the you know where the spark is and and that you know that's what you need especially from a guy like justin verlander when you look at him and scherzer and what the 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 responsibility that's kind of you know burdened to them whether it's tied to their contract whether it's just tied to them being the aces of the rotation um you know max had a nice run and his last two two addings were, were rough to say the least verlander you know he's had moments but you know last night or i should say wednesday night um I mean, that was the Justin Verlander everyone's kind of been waiting for. Six innings, three hits, six strikeouts. Everything was just incredibly crisp. I'm looking, he had whiff rates on his slider, 38% whiff rate on his four seam, 19, whiff rate on his curve, 25. Um, it just, it, he, he looked like Justin Verlander. I'm not sure we could be, we could say that we've seen that class of JV this season. See, the thing is, though, I feel I feel like w- they are who they've been this season. I feel like Scherzer and Verlander are going to continue to kind of be up and down. And because I feel like it's like, you know, you start turning the gas down on a grill and the, the flame starts to sputter. Kind of feel like that's what you're hitting when you hit pitchers that are 38, 39, 40. Uh, and I feel like that might be what's happening. Sometimes you're going to get that blue flame heat. And sometimes it's just going to be... P- just kind of flaming out a little bit and they're going to struggle through. I think there's a transition that I think Scherzer's kind of already gone through. And I think Verlander has gone through to a certain extent, but there's a trans- transition for power pitchers where they have to learn how to basically, basically kind of finesse it a little bit more. And I think they're kind of still, I think they've gone, they've done that, but I think they're still kind of like, you know, this is sort of the master class of that to keep it going. I, I don't think we're going to get, uh, I don't think the Mets got, uh, 2022 Justin Verlander. I think this is a different version. I think it's still going to be really good. I think eventually it's going to level out and he's going to be pretty solid and like, you know, so, you know, solid top rotation guy, but he's not going to be a world beater. He's not going to be a Cyan guy. I don't think Max is going to be that anymore. I think that's just sort of where the level set is right now. My biggest hope is Quintana. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> Just that 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 sentence and that sentiment alone, where you know we're in the middle of June, and the Mets uh, had all these expectations and all these hopes and had unlimited funds to make everything just right, and it's middle of June and and we're we're looking to Jose Quintana to be the savior. Uh, you know, I I don't want to necessarily count out Max and Verlander as being vintage Max and Verlander, you know, 
there's still time left for them to make huge, huge dents in the 2023 season and a lot of gains to be made for the Mets as a yeah, whole. I think, I think they're going to be really solid options. I, they, let me, okay, let me backtrack a little. Maybe saying <laughs> who they are is maybe a little strong. I don't think they're going to struggle as much. I think Max has had a hard, you know, getting knocked out for the 10 game suspension, the injury stuff. I think they're going to get going and get into a rhythm at some point. I just don't know that more than six strong, like, you know, and the occasional, like, you know, giving up four, five, six runs. I think that's still going to kind of happen. I just don't think it's going to be lights out sub two, five ERA guys that I think some in the fan base thought. And that's totally, that's totally understandable. Uh, but I, again, I have hope for Quintana. I have hope for Peterson to turn it around at some point. I know he still lost kind of, but I just feel like there was something there that we've seen before that like, I feel like that's a guy with a track record that you can kind of like, you know, look to hope he rebounds as well. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those things where you're saying like, you know, they had all these resources and all, you know, unlimited resources and everything like that. But the talent pool wasn't unlimited is the thing. Like yeah. Matt and Verlander really represent like the best case, like especially if you can compare Verlander to the guys that were in his weight class in the offseason. Rodon still hasn't thrown a pitch for the Yankees. Yeah. I would not want that contract in general. No. Oh, my goodness. And, and Jake, we know the sad ballad of Jake, and you know I'm not. No one's happy about that, but I mean, you know, I, it, all things being equal, you know, you're happy that they got Verlander, and that's a guy who's still able to take the ball every fifth day or whenever. Yeah, right. Right. When it comes down to it, I guess that's the situation they're in. Those are very, very solid points. Sang has been good, and I think he's only getting better. Agreed. Um, yeah. I'm very interested to see how this front office, how this team responds to where they're at right now. Because, um, I mean, we'll talk about their standings in the standing. Oh, God, from the department, the redundancy department. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about where they're at right now. Um, but, you know, realistically, yeah, sure, the Braves might be, you know, heading for a division title. The Mets aren't necessarily out of it. They're a hot stretch away. And building off of a night like Verlander's and the energy that Nimmo or even what Tommy Pham's been able to do, had another great night on, on Wednesday. Um, you know, you look at Alvarez, you look at Vientos finally getting in the mix and hitting the tar out of the ball last night, uh, Wednesday night. You know, that these are all things that as individuals and as a group, they can build on. And, and yeah, I'm not ready to count out anybody just yet. No, the brave, the whole Brave series and parts of the Pirates series, it, it, and the first game against the Yankees, you really feel like they're just like trying to rock themselves out of like a ditch, and they're getting there, and it's just like they just needed that push. So you like hope, like I, I don't remember who it was. I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "Oh, I don't want to hear about luck being a factor, but luck and momentum are a huge factor." I'm not a like a super religious person but i believe in the power of luck especially as it pertains to baseball it's it's a big deal and i'm yeah. a superstitious person when it comes to that stuff like to me luck has been like not on their side for the last like few weeks and i feel like they've been able to weather that and like i was saying before they've been able to keep it together because you know when you're in free fall the you know there are people that are like scratching at the walls trying to grab anything to hold on and not fall and they've been able to stay together 
where they're still, it seems, I mean, again, I'm not in the clubhouse, you're not in the clubhouse, but it seems like they're able to, they've been like one unit and they're able to now see if they can kind of ride this. And again, maybe they get blown out tomorrow, 14 to three. I have no idea, but it's, you know, I hope not, but I feel like they've done everything they can to stay steady and be able to sort of, uh, you know, bounce back from this and just sort of like, you know, try to ride the momentum a little, try to tighten up some of those mental mistakes, which are still plaguing them. Um, they're treading water. They're shark circling, but they're treading water. Yeah, no, for sure. But again, I, I, again, my, the long story short is I feel hopeful too. Uh, I feel like, uh, they've, they've gotten through the worst of it. My, again, this is very Pollyannish of me, but I feel like they've gone through the worst of it. And I think they're going to be okay. Are they going to overtake the Braves in the division? I don't know. And I know it's weird to say after last year, when obviously that was incredibly consequential last year, not winning the division. But this year, I think the wildcard team is set to play the central champion. And if the central champion has more than 75 wins, that'll be a miracle, it seems. So yeah. it, it might not be the worst thing in the world for them to be uh, a, a wildcard team, honestly. Oh, just just in, get in the dance, man. That's it. Just get into exactly. the dance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they, you know, you got to take a game game at a time, and and there's a an interesting series coming up. We'll take a um, I guess a quick break. We'll talk about that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back uh, again, Jason Tabris. Uh, you'll have seen his work at Up Rocks and Bleacher Report. Uh, he has the podcast. What I, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. The podcast. You know, the funny thing is, I forget the name of the podcast sometimes because I am oh. the worst at actually putting out uh, episodes. But it's uh, in the Gap podcast. Uh, it's a little dormant right now, but uh, going to start bringing back some episodes. It's a fun thing. I've talked to. Some cool people, Greg Proops, the comedian, the guy who co-created, Joel Church Cooper, the guy who co-created uh, Brockmire, which is one of my favorite shows about baseball, favorite anything about baseball. <laughs> um, uh, John DeMarco, the uh, director for SNY, I was, uh, was a guest on the show. It's it's a fun time, long-form conversation. That's uh, great. So, and, I mean, and, and, I mean, just some of the people that you, you've, you've been able to work with outside of, uh, of sports in the pod. I mean, I caught a, I caught a couple of, articles on on the Barry series that you were really getting into and I mean I loved the series but you know is there a way for you to kind of separate I mean I guess it would be similar to 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 working in sports media but separate the fandom from the actual work of it the critic the 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 poking and 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 finding out what the reader wants to find out like is that a how prevalent is that in the process for you yeah, I think, you know, it's it's one thing, it's something that I've done a lot of these at this point. I don't even know the number. It's it's easily over 500. Um, and a- oh, after a while, you know, you, you kind of learn from doing. Uh, I used to get incredibly nervous uh, when I would do these. Uh, I've done, you know, in-person stuff or, you know, over Zoom, a lot of over Zoom since the pandemic and phoners and stuff like that. And eventually you just sort of, it just becomes, it's just a conversation like i used to script out everything and just be very like and now it's just a conversation i get a couple thought starters and just go talk to somebody i am like the least intimidated person 
uh, <laughs> normally in these situations because I've just, I'm too stupid to be intimidated is how, is how I say it to friends. Uh, I don't think when I'm talking to someone, oh, if I say something wrong, this person could end my career or whatever. I just like have a, just a normal, easygoing conversation. I understand the work. I, I like the work. Uh, again, I'm in a really great position where I don't usually have to talk to people that I don't have an interest in talking to. Like I'm passionate to talk to people. The Barry thing was uh, a blessing. Honestly, I've covered Barry since the start. Uh, when I met Bill Hader in New York and had a conversation with him, like right after he'd hosted SNL uh, and, you know, talked about the show. And at that time it was so wild that oh, Bill Hader doing this, like sort of like heavy murdery kind of like one of the first questions I asked him was like, how was it to like actually hold a gun? Like, what did that feel like to, like, did that freak you out? Um, but yeah, to continue to talk to him every season has been such a gift. And again, he's such a tremendous artist and, and, a, and a great, honestly, a great person to talk to, but Henry Winkler this season was, was, was a real thrill to talk to. You know, you have to, in that moment, you realize this is an icon. Like this is, I'm talking to the Fonz. Uh, <laughs> and I will say I have a, so I wear uh, baseball hats all the time. Uh, and I had a Mets hat on and he loved the Mets hat. Didn't make it into the interview because it was just like part of like the early conversation, but he loved the Mets hat. I guess he'd written the children's book where the character was a Mets fan. Uh, <laughs> he was a big, big fan of that, uh, of that hat. But, uh, you know, honestly, the interviews that I do for work is what the podcast sort of, uh, spawned from. I went to do a set visit at silver cup, uh, for this show. Um, not that escapes my name, uh, escapes my memory right now. But Brian Cranston was a producer on it and I got to meet Brian Cranston in person. And I had, at the time I was an Orioles fan. So I've been, uh, I was a Yankee, I grew up a Yankees fan, uh, from 90 to 2014, switched to the, or through 2013, switched to the Orioles in 2014, uh, cause I was a big buck fan then, uh, from my childhood. Wow. I was an Orioles fan until about 2019 switched to the Mets because it was lonely. The Orioles were playing terrible baseball. I didn't have any friends that were Orioles fans. I went to started rooting for the Mets, who I've root, I, I've always had an affection for. Sure, hardcore started rooting for. I was never one of those like you know only the Yankees. The Mets are. Ter- I was never one of those like one sided people. Yeah, because I hate the Yankees now. But um, <laughs> but uh, started rooting for the Mets in in, in nineteen twenty because uh, my cousin is a Mets fan, and so it's been it's been nice to share it with people. Um, Excellent. And I've met a lot of friends since then, uh, yourself included, people that I talk to online that uh, are really passionate about it. It's really a fun fan base. But anyway, I had an Orioles hat on, and, and Brian Cranston was ribbing me. It was right around the trade deadline, and he was ribbing me about uh, the Dodgers, a Dodgers fan. Uh, he was ribbing me about them uh, taking Zach Britton off the Orioles' hands, and we went back and forth and job with each other for a few minutes on it. And I've had a couple of other occasions like that, Mike Rowe talking about the Orioles or – whomever just having a, a quick bit of an inroad. It, sometimes it's a nice entry point into a conversation uh, for a couple minutes before you get into the, the nitty gritty of talking about a show. And uh, that was really what the point was of the podcast was just to have those conversations with people that are not necessarily connected to baseball and it's morphed and stuff. And like I said, it's uh, you know, it's, it's been a little bit on hiatus. I just moved. So, you know, stuff like that, it gets in the way, but uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really the fun thing. Honestly, I just love talking to people. I grew up on, you know, Roy Firestone, you know, and, and, you know, things like that, or Bob Costas hosting later in talk shows. And a lot of what I do is focused on late night talk shows. So it's, it's just a, an extension. Do you remember the- Bob, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut. Do you remember Bob Costas's late night? It wasn't even like a sports talk show. It was yeah, later. Yeah, it was a great. I actually wrote a thing, uh, a deep dive into the history of that uh, time slot because it's actually remarkably uh, a remarkably diverse time slot uh, that they've run different shows on. And there was Greg Kinnear hosted that show after him. And 
uh, you know, there was uh, they, they had a show that Carson Daly hosted for years that was actually uh, quite good. Uh, where they would go to like different cities and show live music acts and everything. But yeah, I'm, I, I love that show later uh, on NBC. Yeah, there it is. Show. Yeah, I love that show. But I'm Conan is by far the the greatest late night uh, host of all time, in my opinion. But uh, I'll, I'll still I'll, I'll still do a string dance probably once a month. It'll <laughs> out. Oh, I mean, I, dude, I'll, I'll be 40 in October. So, yeah, you're, you're speaking my language like this era. Greatest. Uh, I, uh, I've never had a chance to interview Conan yet. I did have a chance to meet him once at a press event and talk to him a little bit, but never a full on interview, but I've interviewed Andy Richter a couple of times and he's amazing. Uh, a bunch of writers and stuff. And, and Bill Tull, who was their prop guy. Uh, I was doing a thing that never wound up running. I re- used part of it in a big Conan thing at the end of his, uh, PBS show. But, uh, Bill Tull was their prop guy. And I was talking to him for this piece. I was going to do a thing on the, the Chuck Norris lever. Uh, <laughs> Still in the, it's still in the vault. At some point, it may, may see the, the light of day. But uh, I talked to Bill Tull about it, and there was a thing where they had put E.T. in, like, a wood chipper. And I told the story before. It's my favorite story of all time. And Bill Tull is this, like, plain-spoken, like, he's a prop guy, you know, prop guy, just hanging out in the, in the prop warehouse, in charge of all that stuff, huge responsibility. And he says, just matter-of-factly to me, I don't know, we used to throw a lot of things in the wood chipper back in those days. And I was like, oh, the greatest... <laughs> The greatest line I've ever, uh, ever heard, uh, was that one. but, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Oh man. That's gotta be just fulfilling. You know, it's you, fun. To- it's a good thing. You're, you just, at certain points you just sit there and you think to yourself like, wow, I just never have to be more than 12. I can just like continue to <laughs> like, it's like, you just like, kind of like high as <laughs> an example. Uh, the other day I had to vote for, um, the uh, the TCA is the Television Critics uh, Awards, and uh, they they'd ask for people to like contribute, like basically to suggest things like that people should vote for. So I mentioned Beavis and Butter, which I think the reboot has been fantastic, and I just like kind of like high five the air to my twelve year old self. It's like, yep, you just added Beavis and Butthead to a prestigious list of like TV like muckety mucks. Good job, you are still an, a twelve year old agent of chaos. <laughs> Uh, it's fantastic. But yeah, no, it's, you know, it's one of those things you never feel like a grown up. We're around the same age. You never feel like a grown up. as a, for instance, and I told you, I teased this to you before when we were talking. Um, so I went to MLB network a couple of years ago and like interviewed Harold Reynolds and, and, and Billy Ripken and, and all those guys, Billy Ripken did not want me to ask him a question about the, uh, the baseball back card, by the way. Oh, that's a shame. I'm I'm literally, I could turn my head and look everyone at everyone in the right world has that. No, I think the point was he was very gracious about it, but it's just everyone in the world has asked him about that. Oh, um, I'm sure. One of those things where it was like, eh, we're good. I'm good. Uh, um, but uh, Al Leiter was uh, part of it and uh, I'm waiting in his office and Al Leiter comes in and uh, now I wasn't a Mets fan in those days. So Al Leiter doesn't hit for me as, as hard as it's going to hit for other Mets fans, but I still respect the guy who's a great pitcher. Oh, he's uh, unbelievable for the Mets, especially during that era. Absolutely. I remember Alator with the Yankees when he was a prospect and like being one of Steinbrenner's, you know, uh, you know, flushables essentially. Yeah. Uh, so he was a chip. That's what it's what all he was to the Yankees was a chip. Yeah. yeah. But um Al comes in the room, puts his feet up on the desk, says, What do you got for me, kid? And I felt like I was fifteen years old. Like it was almost <laughs> like verbally tousled my hair. Uh <laughs> It's funny though, man. Like, again, I talk to actors all the time and it's not like nerve wracking at all. But I, when I go to like, when I, whenever I meet an athlete, like in person, 
uh, it has been a, like, I have gotten like huge, like stage fright. Like I grew up worshiping Don Mattingly and went to an autograph show a couple of years ago and like meeting him. It was like, I could feel like a quiver in my voice. It was, <laughs> it's like one of those things, but I've talked to other, like I've, I've talked to baseball players and asked them if they like have the same thing around actors. I think people have, it's just one of those things where you're like, you know, someone is like this hugely like, you know, larger than life figure to you, uh, that you're gonna, you're gonna feel that unless you've like deadened the nerve essentially. Yeah. Oh, it's gotta be wild but yeah man uh really i can't can't tell you how much i enjoy the work and and really all the success in the world to you do you, uh you got a couple of minutes we'll wrap up on uh what's next for the mets oh absolutely yeah i'm, I'm excited to talk about that awesome, yeah, awesome. Enough, of, enough of this crap about me i'm well, let's talk about the mets that's what i'm i'm excited about oh no dude i honestly i i wanted to get into that much just as much as the mets man i really i i don't want to get too too long into it but my goodness man it's it's intriguing what you do and i guess you know as a uh, 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 an amateur writer myself it's always you know just it's like wow that seems like a lot of fun and you know from what it sounds like it is but yeah it's fun yeah man it's it's and again i encourage you know I, I know a lot of people are like oh you know don't do it and it's like well don't do it with the expectation of again i got really lucky that i've been able to do it professionally uh and luck is like 92 percent of it uh but um it's just fun yeah it's it's definitely fun i started out blogging and, and doing it for free i've probably written three thousand articles for free in my life uh including like the one or two that i wrote for bleacher report before that was anything anybody <laughs> like yeah oh <laughs> hey no dude we all get our breaks man yeah no I, it was one of those things where it was like uh i think it was like you know just submit stuff it was a very different uh time uh and, and all that's why i was like when i was joking with you before about like where my writing has been it's like well there but like a million years ago, like it's not really it's one of those things where um, oh, i think we both crossed paths at um at one of the other sports yeah it's one of those because it, back in the day it was all like you know like let's just write everywhere we conceivably can and like to yeah. a certain extent i miss that hustle like i write like pretty much primarily at one place now so which i love and and again it affords me so many different opportunities again it's rare that you can find a place that's like oh yeah here write about tv or oh here interview adam jones or or oh here right interview ben folds or whatever like it's like that's incredible that's awesome oh i gotta check that out that's cool yeah, it was a good one it was a good one it was the second time and it was a great one his new album was really good too but um no, it's one of those things where um you know it's just fun it's just creating something it's a little puzzle to try and you know when you write it's it's you're, you're fighting yourself really oh you're telling me man i'm uh I, i'm like a little self-imposed hiatus between just work life and burnout i had to do yeah. it and and uh yeah you know the perspective the oh wow there's the itch again and it, it's a process yeah it's but it's good it's good to, it's good to to dig and, and find that oh it's it's cathartic it's great absolutely um speaking of cathartic uh the mets need a little uh catharsis these days they need a little uh uplift they need a little uh let's get a clean slate and they're they're picking up against the team that's that's down in the uh in similar levels of dumps right now the st louis cardinals are oh i got stats here 27 and 42 they are uh, i think nolan arenado had a great quote and i i'm not going to pull it quote the word for word but um you know this isn't he said this isn't a stretch anymore this is just bad baseball and i think as mets fans we understood that um is this a time that you think that they're gonna go and see the cardinals that we're used to seeing or is this gonna be two teams that are just you know duking it out fighting for their 
2023 lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see. I actually have tickets to the Saturday game. Uh, so, oh, nice. Uh, hoping that it doesn't get rained. I feel like there's rain in the forecast for Friday and Saturday, but we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I feel like the cards are, I just it defies logic that they're that bad. Yeah. Like the Met, it's almost like, I hate to say this, this feels like sacrilege to say this. I kind of understand the Mets record a little bit more, but I also know the situation where like, I haven't followed the Cardinals as much. I don't know what kind of injuries they're dealing with or anything like that, but it's just like, it's just stunning to me uh, that they've been that bad with that much talent. But I mean, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's the, it, you know, the sleeping, uh, you know, I don't know the, the exact analogy I'm looking for here, but uh, you know, yeah, you don't want to go into it thinking that they're going to be pushovers. Like I'm sure they're going to give the Mets a challenge and the Mets are still, you know, if they're, if they are building a bridge to a better tomorrow uh, and starting to play, you know, like they can uh, to live it up to the back of the baseball cards, like you were saying before, then they're going to need to, you know, you know, make sure that they can like win against a team like the Cardinals and not, uh, you know, fritter away that, uh, that because after this, it's the Astros. So yeah, really like to go into Houston with a four game winning streak. I think that would be a really helpful thing. Oh, helpful for everybody. Helpful for everybody's blood pressure for the Met, for Mets Twitter's blood pressure. If nothing else, Steve <laughs> Cohen is tweeting now. We've got Steve Cohen tweets now. That's a scary thing. Oh, you know he, he's. I think he got himself in trouble when his first go round on Twitter. He was getting kind of uh, tweet happy. <laughs> I think he got himself into some trouble, so he laid off. But yeah, I mean, you know. It, it takes a village and that whether it's a fan base, whether it's a clubhouse, you know, it, it takes a certain energy and I'm not talking like physical energy. I'm talking like a, a, a transcendent energy that kind of just bring everybody together and let the magic kind of roll with it. You've seen it in sports a million times. You've seen it in your personal lives a million times. You feel that groove, you hit that groove and you freaking go. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing. And you know, I do think it takes. I do think it takes one other thing, though, and this is going to make me probably unpopular with listeners. No, but it takes patience. Like, Mets preaching to the choir, but again, the listeners, yeah, they might. They, no, I'm not waiting. It's 162 one game season. It's not even just it is exactly, but it's also listen. It, it's <laughs> last night. I'm watching the game. I'm like, they got to fire Cora. Cora, <laughs> they got to fire Joey Cora. What is he doing? He was a terrible second base with the White Sox. What is he even doing in the coaching box? Bring back the dude who didn't want to get the vaccine that a buck wanted to hire. <laughs> Bring that guy in. He's a great infield coach. Like, I, you know, it's I, honestly, that's me last night watching the game. It's 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 a reflex. Like, come on. <laughs> The but, most aggressive uh, third base coach in the game, and he stops Fientos and Mimo's halfway up the line. Yeah. But it's like one of those things where, like, Again, part of this goes with also like I'm it's just a weird quirk of my fandom that I've rooted for Buck Showalter for so many years, uh, like, you know, I guess five years with the Yankees, four or five years with the Orioles now in a season two with the Mets. Um, It's not like I'm a Buck Showalter groupie. I was a Mets fan before he was the Mets manager, but I was hoping when his name was out there, because what he does is a whole organization kind of, you know, like makeover really and it he instills a philosophy and like i've watched sports all sorts of sports baseball basketball football creating a culture is like the most undervalued probably at times it's probably overrated but the most undervalued 
thing. I think when you create not just a culture, but also a trust. And so like when people were like, oh, Buck should be like screaming and throwing chairs. Those guys are going to put on headphones and just wait for the next guy to come in the room. Yeah. That's That's how you lose a room. It is. And these are guys, this is not this. I think everybody thinks that it's major league and it's Lou throwing a chair or whatever. It's not, these guys are making 15, $20 million. These guys are not afraid of being like released or they know that's not going to happen, especially in, in New York under the, under the, the light there. So you need someone like Buck Schulter who can have the patience to be like, okay, let's, we're going to, you know, he's still going to prop up guys. When he said the whole proud thing, I know everybody on earth was up in arms about that. And I'm like, I see what he's doing. He's saying, I'm proud of them for fighting back and not just rolling over. And I was too, honestly. And it's not the most like, you know, New York media friendly comment. I know you got all the salicatas of the world and everybody's screaming their head off about it. But like in that moment, that's why if this team makes it, if this team makes the playoffs, it's going to be things like that because he kept them together when they were spiraling. Oh, that's that's my opinion. I'm I'm with you 100 percent. If they come out of this alive and with steam behind them. It'll be solely because leadership kept that room intact. And credit to Cohen, and credit to Cohen also for buying into the notion of patience and not everybody compares him to Steinbrenner. And it's like, it's laughable because he's not. Uh, and that's a good thing. Like, again, I, like I said, I grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, oh, yeah, you saw it. And they saw, I, I heard about the stories afterwards because I was like, I started rooting for the Yankees in like the early 90s. But like all the talent you would see come through and then you hear like, you know, Bobby Mercer or Phil Rizzuto or Al Trout talking about like, you know, oh, well, here's Jay Buter. He was a prospect. He's like, what? He's a, he was a Yankee? <laughs> like, he's like hitting like 40 home runs. He looks like Lex Luthor. What? Like, yeah. like that. Like, you know, you would just like name after him. Oh, Doug Drayback. Oh, this guy, this guy. And it's just like, you know, you Doug realize. Drayback. Yeah. yeah, he was so good for a few years, man. He was. He was and then so you come good. back and you read about like all this stuff. Like I'm reading a book right now about like the like the, the Mets and the Yankees, like basically like, you know, in that, like in the nineties, essentially, um, <laughs> Don Connolly wrote it. It's actually pretty good. And, um, it just, it's an interesting story because again, it's the, the way that the Yankees, again, with Buck Showalter, with, you know, Gene Michael, who, you know, we know Billy Epler is like an acolyte of, you know, they, pr- they preached a culture and patience and like an organizational top-down mentality. And it's good that like, you know, that Appler and Showalter are a package deal. I know people hate on Appler, but he's a general manager. It's literally part of the job. But like, to me, again, it's just Cohen not being Steinbrenner is akin to Gene Michael not being Steinbrenner when Steinbrenner got suspended. It's, it's that kind of level of patience that's going to do the Mets good, including at the trade deadline. Because oh, I, I hope gonna, so, man. I mean, because, well, the trade line, are you like, what do you think is going to happen with the trade line? Are you look, looking for like a big, you think they need like a big name or, I mean, I don't even know if the, a big name is out there, but like, is that what you're looking for? Or are you just looking for incremental stuff? No, I'd like some power. I'd like some consistent power and I'd like bullpen upgrades. Those, I think those would probably be um, my two target areas. You know, Ronnie Mauricio played left field in AAA tonight. In the field, I saw uh, a clip. He did not look great, made a... a, a a blooper style error, um, a folly, a, a folly of errors, um, but hit a home run later in the game. So, you know, his offense, I believe, is, is just about ready. If he can get him versatile enough to to be an addition in the field as well, great. Um, I think he could be an addition or at least a, a contributor. 
Um, if I had to put one basket to put all my eggs in, I'd go bullpen. We've seen what a bullpen can do late in the season. We've seen what a bullpen has done to this team so far this season. Um, yeah, I, I would, you know, balls to the wall, get yourself some really, really solid relievers. And, uh, you know, if Jeff Brigham and, and Dominic Leone can stick around, great. They've been terrific. But, boy, you know, you need – you know, so you need something to solidify this group. And if Diaz they need, a rubber back, arm, they need a rubber arm, like long man, like they need a Trevor Williams guy. Like, I feel like that. <laughs> that well, really you could do that with Peterson. If they, if they really want to play with Peterson or Lucchese or, you know, they have options to do that. I, I yeah, feel I don't like know why they don't do that. That's, that's frustrating to me. Why they haven't like done that. Pull the trigger on Lucchese or, or Peterson. Exactly. But yeah. I'm curious. Right. I know Steven Ridings uh, has a, has a really big arm uh, and there's a lot of well, Long Island products, Steven Ridings. Oh, perfect. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm excited to see what he can do. There's still guys in the organization that I want to see that I feel like, can be an upgrade, but yeah, I think you're definitely going to have to make some kind of moves to bring in some relief help. I just don't want them to, I don't want to see Vientos get traded for like a role Chapman or something like that. Like, no, no you don't, you don't want to mortgage away future for, for rings now, at least not on a huge scale. Um, no. there may be, you know, moves that you have to make, but I'm glad I'm not in that chair, man. <laughs> but I don't want to roll the Chapman just in general. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you 100%. But um, I believe that's uh, that's just about all the time we got. Jason, I can't thank you enough for spending time, man. This was awesome. Um, you got, like, Twitter handles or, or socials that everyone can find you at? Yeah, sure. No, I, and again, this was fun. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great. I, I love talking baseball, and and uh, again, I really like the show. And uh, and again, just uh, this is a perfect episode to talk uh, after. Or excuse me, a perfect uh, time to talk right after that game uh, with the the Yankees on uh, Wednesday. Anyway, my social handle is at uh, J T A B R Y S on Twitter. I'm on Blue Sky now. Everyone, be impressed. Ooh. <laughs> I, don't know, I literally have posted like one thing right now. All I see is like people posting about cats. It's not exactly the new, it's not exactly the, uh, the jetpacks and flying cars of the social media set that I think everybody thought it was going to be. But um, if you like, you can follow the baseball weirdness newsletter on Substack. Uh, I'm trying to get that back going, but again, it's just, you know, it's tough work and life and all that stuff. But uh, baseball weirdness newsletter is a thing where I do write about baseball uh, have written about it semi-regularly and will hopefully return to at some point. Excellent. Well, Jason, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, everyone, you guys know where to find him, find his work, and we'll be back at the end of the weekend, hopefully with some dubs to talk about. It's Let's Fucking Go Mets. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>